2: Into this world all alone. You gotta take your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies straight, a perfect line on the devil's bed until you die. This line
1: welcome in ladies and gentlemen to this is a very special edition of aswf aftermath i'm joined as always by my co-host and uh, resident fan mr cody cody how are you doing today
3: and i am doing pretty good i mean given the shape i'm in i can't complain and yourself
1: i definitely can't complain definitely a you know newsworthy day here in the aswf over the past few days you know we got a lot to get to especially recapping the show you know i've con i've got guys blowing up my phone as we speak wanting to come on aswf aftermath and talk about what is going on inside of the aswf uh you know hopefully right now we're efforting to get the number one contender for the aswf championship steve-o to come on uh i've heard uh Obviously, everybody saw on Facebook that the infamous one is going to make an appearance here tonight. But a ton of information to get to just based on this last Saturday's show.
3: Well, I mean, hey, you're right. There is a lot of information. And just from what we know, the card is going to be stacked. I mean, there we've, I mean, and if you think this last. Uh, ASWF show was crazy. Halloween Resurrection, you ain't seen nothing yet.
1: Oh, I'm just, uh, you know, I I can't imagine feasibly what is going to happen going into the Penitentiary of Pain match. I mean, and we're going to break all this down in ASWF. Halloween Resurrection coming up pretty quickly next week but you know tonight we're going to talk about what happened last week and last week I mean this last Saturday it seemed like the crap hit the fan so to speak especially for Mr. 99% bad Brat.
3: oh absolutely I mean uh you know uh as Roddy Piper once said just when you think you know all the answers I changed the questions and with what D-Mike Ray Ray and Cataclysm did, they sure as heck did change, or change it up a bit. They uh kinda turned the tables and where Brad's at nobody knows, but uh we can assume by the Facebook post that, that he's safe and sound.
1: Oh absolutely. You can definitely assume that he is uh well taken care of so to speak. You know, nobody has heard or seen from brad since saturday you know a lot of people have been working around the clock trying to figure out where brad even is and you know unfortunately right now we don't know you know and that is a scary situation you know d mike said it he said probably said it best he said you know i don't you know kidnapping we're talking about charges at this point and you know Mac obviously and or d mike excuse me obviously an unwilling participant in this thing
3: oh absolutely you could just see by by the look on his face that he he didn't want he wants his payback don't get me wrong i mean but i mean he doesn't want to be a part of that because he's compared to the other two i mean he's he's the voice of reason in this situation. But, I mean, when you've got a suicide king and a psychotic savior in the same room, uh, that said reason is kind of out the window, and all you got to do is kind of deal with it, or at least, you know, ca- kind of calm them down a little bit.
1: Right, absolutely. That's the thing about this whole situation is, the fact that, you know, D-Mike really is. He's the voice of reason. He's, you know, kind of calmed these guys down or tried to. But, you know, with this bad brad situation, you saw the video. I tried to get a little bit of information out of D-Mike after the show on Saturday, and they hadn't left yet. Um, you know, it's one of them things that if, you know – it was a scary situation walking in and seeing what I saw.
3: Well, I mean, having somebody tied down with a with a sack over their head, it just it normally is not the uh, most pleasant sight to see. But I mean, according to some fans, I mean, the black bag may look a, better, a little bit make them look a little bit better. But that's just some fans. I'm non biased. You know, and what started out as almost
1: a, you know, uh, Mr. 99% laughing and mocking everybody and stuff, you know, it, it, it cannot be a banner night. You know, I've seen uh, Deadly Dale, Josh Cross, and Insane Shane over the past few days, and, you know, they're kind of going out of their mind. Bad Brad was really the glue that held this thing together, and Josh the original misfit josh cross is really trying to keep the other two together because you know at the end of the day they are now locked in to this cage match come october 20th this penitentiary of paint
3: well i mean everybody has their own key role in in this industry as you would say so i you know, kind of like Josh Cross kind of trying to hold Deadly Dale and him and Shane all together as a unit. He may know a thing or two in the grand scheme of things that Brad hasn't gotten around to tell everybody, but we'll never know. The only thing we do know is that next Saturday, Halloween Resurrection, that penitentiary of pain, It's going to be brutal, and and as the old saying goes, there will be blood. There will be hell to pay. For who? Well, we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Absolutely, and you know, I've heard whispers of this matchup and things like it. The thing is with this situation, I I believe that – you know, no man that is going to walk into this match will be able to walk out the same. Their careers will be shortened, and, you know, in some instances, their lives can be completely changed with this one matchup. And that's how much it means to these guys, you know, Mr. 99%'s crew, has, or as I call them, Team Poison, uh, and then the unholy trio.
3: I um, I mean... The thing is, as we mentioned earlier, D. Mike—he may be the only the only sane one in all of this. <clears throat> but the thing about it is, is you have several guys in this match. Deadly Dale, death matches galore under his belt. The Suicide King Ray Ray. I mean, all of every one of these competitors in this match have worked. Some form of hardcore style match, whether it be a ladder match or a death match, or a no disqualification match. The only one that has not had that experience in that role, and who I believe is the true underdog in this whole in this whole situation, is D-Mike.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you got to wonder how much that's going to affect D-Mike. D-Mike has never been in this position. And I'm sure Ray and uh, the psychotic savior cataclysm are getting, you know, D-Mike ready because D-Mike needs to understand exactly what he's walking into. He's about to walk into hell on earth when it comes to this matchup. And, you know, just to briefly recap the rules, I know I went over them uh, last night on the uh, card reveal, but just to recap the rules, you know, six man, Two men start it, and then there will be a two-minute period. After that two-minute period, then another combatant will enter. And then they will alternate combatants until all six men have entered, and then the cage door will be locked, and the match will begin, and the weapons that are hung from the cage will be active and able to be used. The only way to win this matchup is for all Three combatants from the team to escape the cage.
3: Man, Michael, the way you describe that, the stakes could not be any higher. I mean, this is unlike anything you've ever seen. Now, he described the rules. I mean, think of it to you, old school fans, as an old school, as a WCW War Games match. Only. It is ASWF, and anything can happen. So chances are it's probably going to be a little, no, little is an understatement, a lot more violent than what a War Games match is. And as Michael said, it's going to be literal hell on earth. And, hey, if you're an adult, for five bucks, you get to witness it all. And, I mean, if you're a kid, what is it, Michael, six and under, I believe? I don't have any children. Get in free.
1: That is correct. Six and under kids get in for free at the Valiant Arena. And, you know, that's the big thing about the great thing about the ASWF. Even when they put on these, you know, super shows, nothing changes. We just want everybody to come out and hopefully pack the arena to see what we want to see. And that's the end of Bad Brad, you know, and the end of this poison that he's talking about injecting into the veins of the ASWF.
3: And on a side note, ladies and gentlemen, hey, if you can't, if if the arena's packed from all the seating, from the way this card is stacked, guess what? There's plenty of floor space. Bring your lawn chair and come sit in there and enjoy it. I mean, we're not going to turn anybody away that wants to watch a show. Come in and watch it. It's going to be a good show. And I mean... Like I said, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see Bad Brad there. I mean, maybe he might make an appearance. You never know. Uh, all, all I know is this: at this show, the stakes could not be any higher. And you thought the Fight for Freedom stakes were high? Well, this one decided to go through the roof.
1: Absolutely, this thing decided to go through the roof. And, you know, uh, recapping exactly what led us to this matchup, you know, uh, right after Fight for Freedom, if you remember, Bad Brad started speaking about he's going to inject a poison into the veins of the ASWF, and that's when uh, Ray got involved. Ray got involved after the attack from the returning original misfit, Josh Cross, and he said, hey, if you want to inject poison into the veins, I'll be the antidote. I'm going to be the first member of Team ASWF. And, you know, now what's become known as the Unholy Trio, as Bad Brad has coined them.
3: Well, I mean, you know, what can I say? I mean, to, to recap a little further, Ray Raid defeated Ace Morda in a street fight. And... Out of respect, he gave her her rematch, and she was successful. Next thing you know, we see Josh Cross come in there after Brad made, I guess I wouldn't say an announcement, but made his presence known. Uh, So did Josh Cross. Fast forward a couple weeks later, well, now Insane Shane's involved with it. But if if we really want to think about where it all began, we can recap all the way back to Fight for Freedom when Deadly Dell interfered in the main event and didn't even cost any team the match uh, as it was a draw. But, I mean, he still made his presence known and his intentions clear.
1: Well, I mean, Cody, you can even go back further than that. You can go back years to when the Manai was in its infancy. Deadly Dale was one of the original members of the Manai, and he was kicked out of the group. So this thing goes back years, if you put it under the microscope of just Cataclysm and Deadly Dale. This thing goes back years. This thing has been boiling under the surface, and Bad Brad was just the right just the right, you know, person in the right spot to get Deadly Dale there. And, you know, now literally, like we've both said here tonight, we have this match that all six combatants will literally be walking into hell on earth. The winning team will have to walk through hellfire and brimstone to be able to come out victorious on October 20th.
3: Absolutely, and, and you can't help but but pity anybody that's involved in that match. I mean, but the thing is, is you've got two teams that are so passionate about what they about whatever cause it is. Yeah, even though you've got one team of Deadly Dale, Insane Shane, and Josh Cross. I mean, it's hard to see them be passionate about anything, but they're passionate about making a statement and serving Brad's cause. Then you have the other team, D-Mike, all heart and soul that we've seen so far. And the Suicide King and the Psychotic Savior, hey, as long as they get to hurt somebody, uh, you know, that's what they're passionate about.
1: I tell you, there's a couple things you want to watch in this thing as well. You know, I I guarantee you the moment Josh Cross comes out, whether he comes out first or he comes out last, the moment that Josh Cross comes out, if Ray is in that ring and inside of that cage at that moment, his attention will flash like that, and he will go straight after the original miss. And I tell you the same thing with Dale and Cataclysm. It's one of those things. This is a blood feud. This will not be you know, accomplished until somebody is literally carried out of the Valiant Arena next Saturday night.
3: Well, I mean, I, uh, to reiterate what you said, it, it's a blood feud. And, I mean, it seems like everybody has their own vendetta in this match. And, I mean, as you said, you know, anytime. Ray Ray has got the chance. His focus has been razor sharp on Josh Cross. So, so what do you do to kind of, I guess, make your focus a little bit better, or to to make your vision a little bit clearer? You take something out of the equation, and that's what that's what I believe uh, Ray Ray and Cataclysm did when they, some say, kidnapping. Uh, I say they just kind of, you know, uh, forcefully led him to to the light, to to what they want to see. Maybe maybe he'll learn the error of his ways. You never know.
1: Mm, you know, I've said it many times. Uh, the thing is with this whole situation is the fact that Bad Brad is paying for his sins. You know, ever since Bad Brad gained control in the ASWF, and it's almost been a year now. Think about that. We've almost been living under the rule of Bad Brad, Mr. 99% for a year now. And, you know, he's crossed a lot of people. And it seems like this may be the one occasion where it comes back to bite him. And, you know, come October 20th, he may have messed with the wrong people you know at d mike the suicide king and the psychotic savior they've got to be you know the razor focused. they know you know especially d mike the thing is d mike you look at d mike and you're gonna have and the emotion in check d mike's never been in a situation in the main event. D-Mike's not been in a cage match. D-Mike's not been in a penitentiary of pain match. The thing is, you're going to have to keep him focused. You're going to have to manage to keep the emotions in check because you don't want D-Mike to come out there all emotional, riding a high, and then that crest, and start going down, and then he could potentially, you know, crash and burn.
3: Well, I mean, you know... The, the thing about it is, is you've got a combination of everything in there. But, I mean, you've got – here's two elements where you've got D-Mike and you've got Insane Shane. You've got two ASWF superstars that spend more time in the air in their matches than they do on the ground. And the thing is, adding a cage into it, that just kind of makes their their – they're airborne a little bit. I guess you would say they're going to be airborne a little bit longer. It's going to take them a little while to, to get to where they need to. But, I mean, you know, with those two risk-takers, there's no telling. We're going to be seeing people, things, objects, you name it. It's going to fly off the cage. And, I mean, for all we know, there may be a kitchen sink attached to it. That way we can actually say somebody's hit somebody with the kitchen sink.
1: Well, and, you know, actually, I was able to sit down with uh, Deadly Dale, Josh Cross, and Insane Shane over the past few days. And I talked to them, and I said, guys, what's the deal with you and Brad? What's this connection? And, you know, they all three answered at the same time. And in unison, they said that they show the loyalty to Brad that he shows them. And that's a major factor because, you know, you can fault Brad for a lot of things, but he has managed to – he's almost managed to brainwash these guys. Uh, You know, he calls it loyalty, and so does the original misfit, the deadliest player in the game, and the insane one, insane Shane. They call it loyalty, but, you know – It is going to play a major factor October 20th, but I call it almost like he's brainwashed these three individuals. Look at a guy like N. Shane. He's managed to get this gentleman who, you know, heavily relied on the fans and knew the fans got him where he was going, a humble young man. And he's just completely got him to turn his back on the people that, you know, brought him to the dance, so to speak.
3: Well, I mean, the thing is – some call it brainwashing, some call it incentive. I mean, bad brad when you're half commissioner, you kind of have an open checkbook policy, you know? And, I mean, I'm not pointing fingers. I mean, we can sit here and point theories all day and all night, my friend, but we've only got a couple hours for the show. And, I mean, uh, you know, money talks, but so does pain. And sometimes to play to someone's mind is you got to think of every way you can hurt them. And, you know, the thing is, in this kind of match, every competitor, they face some kind of adversity somehow. And they say, and this is how I look at it. In order to survive this match, it's like the old saying goes, sometimes the mind bends and twists in order to deal with the horrors in life. But sometimes it'll bend so much it'll snap into. And I'm thinking to survive this match, even the most sane ones are going to have to snap in order to survive.
1: Absolutely. To be able to cope with what you are actually going to have to do inside of the penitentiary of pain, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those things that, you know, you're going to have to go to a dark place. You're going to have to go to that place that, you know, nobody knows about in your mind, the deep recesses of your mind, because you are going to have to inflict the worst bodily harm upon an individual that, you know, has never, been seen before especially you know look at a guy like d mike you know you mentioned people who are reluctant uh d mike definitely reluctant in all this but you know that's something that i can guarantee you the original misfit and uh deadly dale have kind of honed in on the fact that d mike really seems to be lacking that deadly instinct so to speak do you believe that that could really uh, hurt the team uh, the unholy trio in the penitentiary of pain because I believe that that could become one of the major key factors to this can D Mike kick it into that second gear or that third gear that nobody knows about yet and can he you know almost become a sadistic individual which is what you're going to have to be to endure this matchup
3: you know they the the thing is, is yeah, it can help and it can hurt because sometimes your own vengeance can blind you and what the actual end goal is. Uh, yeah, paybacks are hell, but I mean, you know, the end goal is to survive and, you know, and the, I mean, the stakes are high and uh, some people are saying with the, uh, With everything we've seen from D-Mike, he may lack that killer instinct, quote-unquote. But the thing is, is uh, sometimes to walk through hell, you see some things, and it kind of awakens that killer instinct. So, if D-Mike... Sometimes, the way I look at it, as humans, we all have that killer instinct. Some of us just keep it in control better than others, as you would say. And so I'm thinking, you know, what I'm thinking, D-Mike might have it under control and under composure, but there may be something happening in that match. It just snaps, and then all hell is going to break loose, and we'll see a side of D-Mike that we've never got to see yet.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, the the thing is, D-Mike is not lacking in motivation. I mean, look at how he's been treated. You know, he was ragdolled by the original Misfit on in his return match. He was, you know, he's just been completely abused since making his debut in this situation. And, you know, he's got all the incentive in the world. It's just, the can he turn on that, you know, can he flip that switch? I believe that D-Mike can. And I believe that it's just going to take one fatal mistake from Team uh, Poison to, you know, lose this matchup. And I believe that the linchpin could be D-Mike.
3: Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, the thing is, is sometimes to, uh, uh, I guess you would say, to survive hell, you must become the devil in order to get out of it alive, ma'am. And, uh, I mean, I'm pulling for Team ASWF uh, solely because we know Bad Brad wants to inject the poison into this company. Why Why would you want to root for somebody that that wants to that wants this company to just be gone, to disappear, to be dead. So I'm pulling out for, I'm rooting for Team ASWS, and I mean, you know, this is going to be a war, and you know what they say about war, especially those that have came back from it and experienced it before, such as guys like Ray Ray and Cataclysm, Josh Cross, and Insane Shane. As the saying goes, War is hell, and hell is like home. So I think a, quite a few members in this, I guess you would say, feud, are, they're going to be pretty at home in this situation.
1: The thing about it, you know, when you look at it that way, you know, I've spoken about how d could be the Achilles heel of Team ASWF or the Unholy Trio. But the thing about it is D-Mike could also, you know, not be in a better position. In this situation, he's got two of the best guys to learn from. You know, Ray has been in death matches, as has radicalism. These guys have been through hell, so to speak. And, you know, now they're going to be able to impart their wisdom. Just, you know, a few short days. Well, we're about nine days out from Halloween Resurrection. And we could potentially be seeing a situation where we could see a whole new side of D Mike once he enters that cage.
3: Oh yeah, and I mean, you know, the thing is this is this is one of their matches one of those matches where uh I mean once all the competitors are in there it's fair game, but I mean until all the competitors are in there, the momentum is gonna shift every time a new competitor enters the ring and i mean you can't help but think hey whoever has the extra man coming in first they're going to kind of that's going to set the motion even more that's going to that's going to change the pace even more because i mean in this situation and in this match it could be <clears throat> i mean starting out it could be it It's going to be two-on-one, and it'll be three-on-two. And then, I mean, what else happens? Say two teammates climb out of the cage. I mean, it could be three-on-one. I mean, the odds are really in no team's favor, except maybe for the team that has the luck of the draw.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing about this matchup. One team will have the advantage. Let's say it starts off with... uh, let's say it starts off with Ray and Shane, you know, the psychotic savior could be coming out next and that will completely flip momentum on a dime towards the unholy trio.
3: Absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, is in this kind of match, you need momentum. You need whatever you can for you to survive in this match. And sometimes without momentum, it kind of doesn't sway in anybody's favor. Like I said, unless you're the team that gets the luck of the draw and gets that extra man in first. I mean, you know, that's really what's going to set the pace of the match.
1: You know, though, what probably is the story of the night here, you know, I, it was just posted. Um, uh, We've talked about these creepy posts going off on Mr. 99 Percent's page, you know, one just got posted and it says, and though the villain escapes for a while, he feels slow vengeance, like a bloodhound at his heels. That's the thing. Will the vengeance finally catch up with Mr. 99% one week from this Saturday on October 20th inside of the penitentiary of pain?
3: i mean i really don't know what to say to that um i mean it's gonna be rough and uh you know i would like to encourage everybody all the fans out there to come out and and uh see the show and i mean uh You know, I guess guess the TV shows would say viewer discretion is advised uh, because it is going to be violent.
1: Absolutely. This thing is not going to be for the faint at heart by any stretch of the imagination. This thing will be graphic. This thing will be violent. These individuals, you know, they've been kept apart from each other for, you know, quite a while. When they came in to sign the contract Monday morning, Tentury of Pain, Literally, security was swarming the building. They, you know, kept them apart. Two separate rooms. They brought the contract into the Unholy Trio first, and then they all signed it, and then they brought it in to Team Poison's uh, room. You know, it's one of them things. These guys can literally not even catch a glimpse of each other or else It'll be a war right there, you know, in this case in the ASWS office. And, you know, these two, these uh, six individuals, they cannot wait until October 20th to get their hands on each other inside of the confines of a cold, hard steel cage. You know, once again, careers will be altered, lives will be changed come October 20th inside of the structure.
3: Oh, absolutely, and you, and you talk about being, the building having extra security. I mean, I was wondering what the what the Navy was doing at the building. Kidding, but I mean that place was secure and locked down. I kind of, uh, uh, you know, I kind of went in there, and uh, you know, I've been getting some tours and stuff, and and I've kind of gotten the lectures on the tangents I've went on about over the whole going off on Double J a few weeks back instance. And, I mean, you're right. Both rooms, security, I mean, literally surrounded the door. Even even when I walked to the bathroom, I mean, security just, they surrounded me everywhere. And I'm just like, hey, man, I I got to use the bathroom right quick. And uh, back to Michael Carnahan's office, I go. <laughs> right, right. I do it. <laughs> I do
1: remember that, but that is something, you know, these guys are not taking this lightly. The ASWF board of directors is not taking this lightly by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, it, the ASWF board of directors speaking and not taking it lightly, they've been working around the clock, you know, uh, they were in there basically interrogating the suicide King and, the psychotic savior as to the whereabouts of Mr. 99% and still nothing. I literally watched through the window in the room that, uh, they were in the unholy trio. That is, I literally watched through the window and he says, and, and you know, when they asked him a question, all Ray would do is smile and all cataclysm would do is
3: laugh. That creepy laugh. And I mean, you know the thing is is the is i mean the the laughing the smiling these guys have no remorse and all they could say is if they did say anything was hey he's safe but uh even we think he's a little unfit for society and that means something when you've got a psychotic savior and a suicide king uh even saying that. And I mean I mean they've convinced me that hey, he's unfit for society in a sense.
1: Absolutely, you know, it's it's a scary situation what's going on and we will keep you abreast of the situation as much as we can as uh, the Board of Directors still efforts to find the whereabouts of Mr. 99%. But, you know, you kind of got to look at it almost like the first shot's been fired by the Unholy Trio, and they've kind of captured the mascot, so to speak, of Team Poison and taking Bad Brad. They've almost taken a trophy.
3: Well... In a sense, but Michael, with all due respect, I wouldn't call that the first shot because I mean I mean, the way it seems, it seems as Brad Bad Brad's been blindly firing all around ASWF. And I mean, I think he may have just hit the wrong person and uh now they're looking for retribution. So what they do on their hunt? They they brought home a trophy. Uh, That trophy came in the form of Bad Brad, but, I mean, you know, it it happens. I mean, yeah, I I feel sorry for him, but in a sense, he kind of brought it on himself.
1: Absolutely, he did. You know, that's the thing about the whole situation is, you know, Bad Brad has definitely brought this upon himself make no mistake about it honestly i'm worried for his health but you know sometimes the chickens come home to roost and whatever's going on i'm sure the mister 99% deserves every moment of it
3: oh oh absolutely i mean during my tour at the office i mean hey you know brad brad was there and yeah he wasn't in the best shape but i mean hey with him not there around the office uh, for it to be a, a kind of somber moment, everybody was all smiles. It was kind of... thought I was in the twilight zone for a second, but then I realized he's probably not fighting with, with commissioners and the board either, uh, you know? So, but... I mean, the stakes are going to be high, and let's just say... Um, it was brutal. Uh, everything that's been going on, uh, I mean, it's going to be crazy. Um, but I mean, what do you say we actually recap the show just a little bit? We, uh, we've talked about the kidnapping. Let's, uh, let's talk about kind of what led into some of, some of all this. We've seen, uh, uh, the Suicide King versus Deadly Dale opened up the show last week. And, I mean, what kind of shifted the momentum a little bit was the win that Ray got over Deadly Dale. But let's talk about the distraction that in that match, or what they would call a distraction. During the middle of the match, a video package started playing. And, I mean, everyone was asking... What's this going on? What's this going on? And when, and I mean, I feel sorry for the referee in that situation because he didn't know what was going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, just suddenly the psychotic savior appeared on the videotron, the uh, ASWF vision, and uh, you know he basically called Deadly Dale out, and that allowed. The Suicide King to get the distraction needed to pick up the victory. That thing was a hard-hitting back-and-forth contest, and both and uh, or yeah, both individuals. Once again, you know they're not going to be the same. I mean, those two individuals when they come out for action, they come out and there's full force. There's it's not halfway. You know, these two brawled throughout the whole arena and these two are, you know, two of the ones that you've got to watch looking forward towards Halloween Resurrection. These two, you know, Deadly Dale was probably the only casualty, if I'm remembering correctly, the only casualty to fall from Team Poison that night, and, you know, going forward, it'll be interesting to see how he's able to regroup, losing that momentum and losing so close to Halloween Resurrection.
3: Well, all I can say is whatever whatever it was that was on that Tron that night, I mean, whoever was behind it, could we say the mind games kind of switched, the uh, more mind games were played and the roles kind of reversed? Now is it where Bad Brad is now the prey as opposed to the Predator?
1: Exactly. You know, Bad Brad definitely is the prey. You know, once he started messing around with the Suicide King, he became the prey, and it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward in that case. You know, he's in a lot of, you know, he's definitely the prey right now, being in the clutches of the Suicide King and Psychotic Savior. You know, it's one of those things that Ray just, He's a sadistic individual. I'm not even going to try to I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat it. Ray is a sadistic cerebral individual and will pick you apart and that's why I'm glad he is on
3: team ASWF. Absolutely, but uh as I said, you know, the video that was playing on the ASWF vision, nobody can make out what it was. Was it a ruse? Uh, we don't know. All we know is, uh, Deadly Dale was not happy that he lost the match. But hey, it's even the good guys need a win every now and then. Now, that's just that's just me talking. Well, of course,
1: that was just one shot, and you know the overall war that spanned the whole night. You know, uh, later on in the night, Mr. 99% came out and accompanied Insane Shane to the ring as he took on D-Mike. And, you know, unfortunately, D-Mike fell victim to being choked out, the rear naked choke of Insane Shane. And, you know, D-Mike went to sleep. That's another thing, you know, that's got to weigh heavily on the mind of the on the other side, the unholy trio.
3: Well, I mean, you know, D. Mike, he's he's a one sport kid. He's 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 wrestling, and I mean, you know, the thing with insane Shane is he is a a multi sport athlete, and his MMA background did play a role in this. I mean, choke D. Mike out, and. I mean, and
1: while we want to talk about trophies being gained, you know, Mr. 99% playing a little bit of mind games, you know, he got himself a little trophy. He uh, went back to the ring after everything was done with Shane, and they, they took a picture of an unconscious D Mike, just absolutely disrespectful.
3: I, I'm sorry, Michael. My uh, my mic cut out. Technical difficulties. I don't know where it's coming thought, from, but uh, but I maybe uh, anyway,
1: I there for a minute.
3: Uh, well, I mean, the way I'm feeling and all the coughing I've been doing, I'd probably it'd probably end up bringing me back. But uh, no, I mean, <laughs> just the disrespect that was shown afterwards. I mean, it was. Insane Shane taking his shirt and draping it over D Mike like a like a captain would a fallen soldier. I mean the ultimate sign of disrespect uh in any case and I mean uh, and what was even more despicable was Brad took a picture of it. He was like a uh like a father that was proud of their child for getting their first uh their first trophy hunt. And all I can say is, is Rab wonders why he got captured. And, I mean, antics like this, and plus the uh, antics you're trying to pull him on, I mean, that's it's not a start. I mean. Absolutely. But, but
1: let's go ahead and talk about, uh, let's go ahead and switch gears here. I want to talk a little bit about what else happened that night. Especially, you got to be impressed. I know a lot of people don't uh, appreciate the way he went about it, but you have got to be thoroughly impressed with the tag team champion uh, or champions, the elements of perfection. They were represented by only one individual this past Saturday night, that being Max Stone. And he took on not only one tag team to defend the tag team championship, but he took on a second tag team. He took on both the Mercury brothers and the vincent brothers and managed to retain his tag team title
3: well i mean you can't i mean some say it's antics but i mean when you get in these multi-man matches sometimes rules go out the window and i mean you know when you're when you're just one man sometimes you got to even the odds up just a little bit uh do I agree? Not really, but he did what it took to get the W and bring the W home, and for uh for the elements of perfection. And well, I and mean,
1: the... go ahead.
3: And I mean, a solid performance to Lethal Injection, uh, and the Vincent brothers. Because I mean, early on in the match, I believe it was Daniel Vinson, got busted open pretty good and still continued the match.
1: Yeah, I believe that was the knee that uh, opened up that cut on Daniel Vincent, and yes, he was able to continue the match. They were able to look at it, make sure it wasn't uh, affecting his vision, and he was allowed to continue. But the thing is, you know, the fireworks really occurred after the match. Max Stone told the infamous one, I don't need anybody. I did this by myself. And you kind of saw a mutual parting of the ways there from Max Stone, the greatest gym known to man, and the infamous one. So going forward, you know, the infamous one who we're still working to get on the air here tonight, he's, get, he's looking for a new client. He's opened up a worldwide talent search, so to speak, to uh, bring in his next client. And then you have the greatest gym known to man who has. Just recently, this week, as a matter of fact, it was yesterday before we went on the air, right before we went on the air for the Carter reveal, he was told that he must find a tag team partner to defend the tag titles on October 20th.
3: Oh, man. Well, that's definitely going to play a factor, especially if if you're there the night of and nobody's answered any of your calls. I mean sometimes you you will have to improvise in these situations, and I mean uh the thing is with the with the infamous one he he's always looking for clients and and a free agent uh Michael, I heard you got a pretty sweet little bonus, so I mean, why not hire the infamous one uh, uh for his services, and you can be the first ring announcer that also is a client to somebody, and uh we can make history there.
1: I uh, I don't quite think that the infamous ones uh, services are up my alley, so to speak. But you know, he's actually going about it this time. You know, he's formed this infamous ink, and you know we're gonna talk to him later on tonight here on the air, and hopefully get some information about what this infamous ink is. But it looks like Double J almost has plans for world domination I mean he's made a corporation he's definitely making some big changes
3: well I mean the thing with any company is sometimes uh I mean every company has a uh has a shelf life especially in the business world especially in the wrestling business sometimes you have to take a step back and rebuild your infrastructure and I mean, sometimes rebuilding your infrastructure turns into, into an empire. He took a page out of a, out of Steve Jobs' book, in a sense, of, of, of going away for a little while and then coming back bigger than ever. Um, so, I mean, some call it plans for world domination. We don't know. All I know is, hey, he's a free agent. And, I mean, you never know what's going to happen here in the ASWS.
1: Well, and to expound upon that, ladies and gentlemen, the infamous one is on the line here in the studio, so we're going to go ahead and bring them in. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the infamous one, Double J, how are you doing tonight?
0: Michael, uh, just, uh, just want to recap here uh, some things with you. How have I been doing? Well, since I left the show and uh, had to do some legal paperwork in the process of uh terminating a contract with the elements of perfection and moving forward from that uh it's just there's just no there's going to be no more ball droppings uh that anybody in that federation can make fun of me for uh, uh, we're not just me uh, I know Aaron and uh, a bunch of us here. Uh, at the company here, we're uh I was advised today if you want to speak to me. In, in terms of that, we'll jump on that on that train just a little bit. But uh, just tremendously, I couldn't believe how many applications, how much phone calls are just coming in here, and it's, it's it just takes more than just me to, to jot down and do paperwork and do research and do background checks and and contact this person. Do some contacts and there. It's just a long process. Because what we're doing, I know it sounds like you're hiring for a job, but it ain't. It's just that you're going to provide something this big of a value this time around, this contract signing, and whoever they or he or she or might be, uh, that we all get together in this committee. I got together, and who we we pick or who they pick and who I consider that could be possible, for me and, and the company of ASWF, the question, who is that? But the thing is, who's being so pushy? We don't know what's going on and behind the scenes, and and, and I understand he's authority figure, and that's Joey Britt. How does he call and speak to my secretary? How uh, mean and hateful that he could do that and tell me, Michael, that I have to be back at the arena October the 20th knowing that I got all this stress – and I'm so stressed out, and I'm so worried about everything that's going on that I got to take time out of my schedule to go back to the company I do work for. I understand, but after all this stuff that's been going on, Joey says if I don't show up, you know, uh, circumstances might come. I don't need any more circumstances. Coming at all. <clears throat> so,
1: Well, so, in, infamous one?
0: So, oh, uh, so October the twentieth, Joey Britt said that I am not having the night off. I'm sure you've seen that my uh, crew has posted that on my infamous page. I don't have the night off. So he said to me over uh, over the phone today of uh, in, having a conference call that I will be announcing with you uh, the 20th. I have to come down there and help you out, and uh, we're going to call some matches together there, Michael.
1: Well, that'll definitely be an added bonus for everybody that comes to the Valiant Arena October 20th for Halloween Resurrection. But Infamous One, am I understanding you correctly in that this Infamous Inc. that you have founded is almost acting like a scouting agency, and they're the ones that are going to help you make the decision on who the next Infamous client will be?
0: Michael, I don't know why you even worry about what's going on, about who I'm working for, what I'm doing. And if I wanted to share that information with you, I would say, hey, Michael, let me call you off the air. But see, I don't ever call you off the air. I get invited on here, and I get told I need to sometimes, like Joey Britt said, I had to appear on this show tonight, explain some stuff, and get some stuff out there. I'm sure he's probably listening to me, but oh, well. That's that's whatever. He's the boss. I respect that because I do. I know, I'm under contract with ASWF, and it's done. And I do have the right and freedom of speech to tell you this. It's none of your damn business.
1: Well, with all due respect, I definitely didn't mean to offend you by asking you that question. But uh, one thing I want to know, you know, it was a mutual parting of ways for you and uh, Max Stone. Was that something? In the cards going into Saturday night, had you guys discussed that being the last night that you would uh, be the advocate for the elements of Michael, perfection?
0: Michael, I never talked. I haven't talked to him since that night, and I we don't have any doings with it with him at all. And the thing is, that was you're asking them stupid questions. Do you think it was planned for you to go to work tomorrow and get fired? Do you think it was planned for you to get up or or even breathe this air today? I mean, you got to ask yourself your questions. Are, are, are you, or is it what, you know, you asking, it's just, it was nothing planned. It was nothing like that. No, it's none of your business. I don't care about them. I'm moving forward, and what I focus on is that one goal. This one individual or these two individuals or this group or whoever it is, that's what we're focusing on, and we're looking on who's going to make the most and who's going to be sealed, signed and delivered, and the thing is, this is not going to be a, a, a contract that you can just get out of. I mean, this is not just something, hey, we're going to walk away again. Because there's going to be really steep accusations, I can tell you that. You try to screw the infamous, uh, you know, me over or do anything. This is not your regular, uh, just I'm going to manage whoever. This is who I am. And this is who I represent. And this is who I'm going to take it to the top. And whoever they or they, it or she could be, him or she, you know, because I'm always in, in the process of managing women as well. And we've had some numerous contacts from women, wrestlers around the state and out of state as well. And then that being said, Michael, I don't have to release any more information because I oh, want to a it, Aaron, I'll be there in a minute. I know I'm on the radio here. I, I know we got more phone calls, too. I'll, I'll be Michael, I have to go. I got so much involved here. Is there anything else? I hate to be rude and cut off. There's so much I have to do, and we all are busy. I'll be there in a minute.
1: Come on, man. Absolutely not, ladies and gentlemen. That was the infamous one, Double J. Without further ado, good luck on your talent search coming up.
3: Well, darn. I was uh, Before uh, he had to get off here, I mean, I understand he's a busy guy. I was going to ask anybody we need to be on the lookout for, or anybody in particular he's on the lookout for. But – all is well. Uh, I mean, you, you heard it from his mouth. This is not going to be just some contract that you can just part ways from at any time. It's uh, it's almost like one of those ironclad contracts. Hey, man, if you want out of it, there's only one way out. But we don't right. know the details of that.
1: Oh, I can imagine knowing the infamous one, a very savvy, smart businessman He'll have, you know, uh, buyouts in there. You'll have to buy yourself out of the contract. And, you know, it, it, he'll make sure that this contract is mutually beneficial, if not more so beneficial to himself. So <coughs> you know, that is something interesting. You got to wonder if this infamous Inc. has a shortlist prepared already for the infamous one. You know, he doesn't waste time. He is, you know, in the middle of a worldwide talent search looking for the next great, the next big thing, so to speak, in professional wrestling. And let's see what happens going forward with that. But we're right here at halftime up against the break. Cody, we'll be right back with more ASWF Aftermath.
3: On a fight, and I.
1: We're back, ladies and gentlemen. What a first hour there on ASWF Aftermath. And now moving into the second hour, we're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about the ASWF Championship. We're going to talk about the Evolution Championship. And of course, we're going to try to get you ready for this big golden ticket, Battle Royal. But before we get started, I believe, Cody, you have some information on the ASWF uh, Training Academy.
3: Well, Michael, I can tell you this, the ASWF tra- Training Academy, ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever dreamed of becoming a uh uh becoming involved in the wrestling business, there is no small parts uh to it. I mean, everything down from from uh janitors to to wrestlers, to security, to announcers, um not trying to say we're trying to get rid of you, Michael, because you do your job all right. I mean, pretty good. Uh, but I mean, uh, contact the ASWF page or uh, or uh, come to the show and uh, ask to speak to Sarah Rowland for more information about rates and pricing. I mean, uh, even walking around that office, I've got a chance to look at the uh, the training facility. And I mean, it's brutal. It's painful, um, but I mean, they teach you everything from from uh, from mic skills to how to present yourself. And I mean, you never know. Um, Absolutely, but I, mean, I mean, look at. If,
1: Look at guys, Cody, like, you know, the Vincent brothers and D-Mike, for example. Those guys came out of the ASWF Academy, training academy, and look at them now, you know, in two of the biggest matches in ASWF Halloween Resurrection.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and as I said, there are no small parts. I mean, if you – I mean – I've read stories and heard stuff around the office of. There's been some guys that have gotten into the industry, want to be a wrestler, decided wrestling wasn't for them, and they've guided, and they've guided other wrestlers to victory by being in their corner as. Uh, and I mean, uh, you know, you could be an announcer. Sometimes Michael Carnahan. He might want a break for a little bit of talking. He kind of—he's a jack of all trades, from ring announcer to uh, to commentary. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, now is the time to capitalize on opportunities. I mean, I mean, with everything coming up, and there's no better time to do it than that. And I mean, hey, a couple short months away is Christmas. Ask your family member for a little. For a little uh, donation and uh, to kick over for wrestling training or to train in general as a manager or as an announcer, we're starting to train almost in almost every aspect. I mean, and when I say we, I'm talking about ASWF in general. And the fanfare has become so huge that we need we need more on the ASWF show and. This and these words I'm saying, hey, some of it's my words, but believe me, you've seen the success stories such as the Vincent Brothers and D. Mike. Let the work speak for you, for itself.
1: Absolutely. So definitely hit up uh, Sarah Roland at the ASWF show, or go to the Facebook page on uh, on. At, uh, excuse me, at ASWF wrestling on facebook you gotta go ahead and uh, hit that up and go ahead and get in that information on the rates and prices and start on their path to make your dreams come true and make them a reality as has you know d mike and the vincent brothers and so many others inside of the aswf training academy but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some more action that occurred this past saturday inside of the valued arena the main event uh, Curtis Dawn and Asa Morta took their feud to a whole new level over the Evolution title. And one thing I want to point out that I'm not sure a lot of people were able to hear, multiple times during that matchup, the main event, Curtis Dawn looked at Asa and shouted at her and said, you're just a figment of your own imagination. The main event trying to, I don't know whether he was trying to talk himself into believing that she couldn't be as strong as what she is or whether what he was doing, whether he was psyching himself up or psyching her out or what he was doing. But, you know, he definitely was trying to employ some mental games there.
3: Absolutely. And, I mean, even after the match, uh I mean, what can you say? Even more chaos ensued. Uh, He drug a casket down to the ring, and not only did he throw her in it, he told her that he was going to bury her. But man, did the tables turn uh, because she more or less said, no, I'm going to be the one that will bury you. You cannot keep me down that easy and then the coffin lid flew over, open and and somewhat of a fashion that only few people have been able to do. And, I mean, hey, a casket lid flying open, dead or alive, that's a scary thought anyway.
1: Oh, yes, it definitely is a scary thought, you know, and you saw it written all over the main event Curtis Don's face. You know, he was looked like he had seen a ghost when that casket lid slung open. And Asa Morta sat up and said, I'll see you October 20th. And, you know, now it is signed. October 20th, a casket match for the ASWF Evolution title. We've mentioned it multiple times in speaking about this feud ever since Curtis Don became the number one contender. We said that there's a couple questions that need to be answered inside of this matchup. Can Curtis Dawn swim with the you know the big sharks in the deep water, and then also what is Curtis Dawn willing to put his own body through to defeat and take the Evolution title from Mesa Morta?
3: I mean, hey, this is a casket match, and I mean, if I if I am correct, the rules of the casket match is. Get your opponent in the casket, no matter what the cost. As long as there's somebody in there and that lid shuts, that's how you secure your victory. Now, here's the deal. That is not going to be an easy feat for the main event Curtis Don. We've seen Asa Morda survive a street fight. Even though she lost the match, she was back at the next show to show the Suicide King that, hey, you're going to have to do a lot more than put me through a pallet to keep me down. And I I think Curtis Dawn's going to have his hands full.
1: Yeah, he's definitely going to have his hands full, and that's the thing. But here's the other thing, you know, flipping the table, so to speak, th- that Asa morta has got to worry about. Asa Morda has never ran into a, you know, a Brahma Bull, so to speak, like Curtis Dawn. Curtis Dawn has been dominant, unlike, you know, he, we've never seen this level of dominance before. Curtis Dawn has held his own with the, you know, ASWF Championships' number one contender, steve He's held his own with Asa Morda. He, he's more than deserving of this opportunity. And will Asa Morda be able to halt the momentum of Curtis Dawn is the question.
3: Well, I mean... Let's just hope so. I mean some people would say Curtis Don is a, a total package. No, he doesn't have the have the uh the physique like a lot of people would imagine. But I mean the thing is this guy is everything from power to speed to agility and I mean uh, Asa will also have her hands full and I mean the messages he's been sending, the attacks he's invoked on her thus far, one could only wonder what he's gonna have to, what he's gonna do to make sure he captures captures that ASWF Evolution Championship.
1: Well, I mean, we mentioned it talking about the Penitentiary of Pain match that you know you're literally gonna have to walk through hell to be able to survive that thing, you know, you kind of got to state the same thing here to defeat the mistress of mayhem. You've literally, you're, you're going to have to just have an utter disregard for your own safety to be able to, uh, to be able to win this kind of matchup, especially against somebody like the mistress of mayhem.
3: Well, I mean, the thing about a casket match is, uh, I mean, it's been rumored a lot of those people that win those casket match sold their soul to the devil. Now, let's hope that uh, that isn't the case here. Let's just, we're just going to have to wait and see. It's going to be a match of pure physicality. It is not going to be an easy feat for either competitor. And, I mean, you know, a lot of people are, oh, yeah, getting them in the casket, shutting the lid. How hard is that? It ain't even that concept that's hard. That concept is keeping somebody down long enough to perform that. I mean, all we know, one of them could hit a finisher, and as soon as they go to shut that lid, bam, an arm could save them, save that person being rolled into the casket from losing the match.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it can be over just that quick, and, you know, you don't want to take it away from Curtis Dawn. He can definitely hold his own, and he can definitely manage to pick up a victory in this thing.
3: Absolutely. But, I mean, as you said, hey, you're going to have to put everything on the line just to secure that victory.
1: Absolutely. And that's the thing about the Mistress of Mayhem. You will literally have to put your body through hell to be able to win this matchup and you know that's the question. What is Curtis Don willing to risk to be able to win this thing?
3: Absolutely. And I mean the thing is, is uh is uh this is one of those that's like a gamble. Any any match that has a stipulation like this one, it's gonna be a gamble. In order, in order to win, sometimes you gotta put put it all on the line. And, uh, but I mean, if I'm if I'm gonna play devil's advocate, I I'm rooting for Asa in this match just because. We we've seen the Menai be involved in casket matches so I think she will have the advantage somewhat.
1: Yeah, she definitely will have a mental advantage. You know, the Menai is not something that you know you play around with. It's not something that, you know, a lot of people really like messing with because they are they're the masters of the mind game and it'll be interesting to see what kind of mind games continue to come out of this matchup. You know, we're going to do a live video, and hopefully we're efforting to get the main event Curtis Dawn and the Mistress of Mayhem both on the air with me to uh, speak about the upcoming casket matches and their plans going forward on that. But ladies and gentlemen, let make no mistake about it. If you take nothing away from this broadcast here tonight, make sure you are there at 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas, at 5.30 p.m. on October 20th.
3: Absolutely. I mean, this will be a show that you don't want to miss. And uh, if you do, well, that's, uh, that's very unfortunate. But just remember, it's better seeing it in person than it is from some fans phone, uh, from, you know, it's better to see it person than in second hand. If you get what I mean. Yeah. So, I definitely uh,
1: understand what you mean. Um, you know, ASWF is an experience you have to experience live. I mean, there's an atmosphere once them lights go out and that, uh, opening video plays on the ASWF vision that, you know, it's electric.
3: Absolutely, and I mean it, it's amazing because sitting in the crowd, it's just so silent. Yeah, you hear people talk here and there, but when that light, when those lights go off, it's all silent. And then once those lights come back on after that opening video, and that crowd erupts, I mean, there's nothing like it. And I mean, me being a part of it, you know, I I just sit back and enjoy it. Um, but I mean speaking speaking of uh of enjoying themselves um let's talk about Stevo and Mark Wolf i mean Stevo he's been waiting for this moment to get his hands on Mark Wolf once again and potentially get his hands on that ASWF world championship
1: Yeah, he absolutely has. And, you know, he's got his chance. But let's go ahead and talk about what happened this past Saturday with Steve-O and the ASWF champion Mark Wolf. Steve-O, before the main event even began, stopped everything and said, I'm going to cash in my number one contendership on October 20th inside of a steel cage, a cage match. And the, you know, the big headline coming out of that, he said, if he loses, if he's not successful, he will, he will, you know, give up his opportunity or forfeit any future opportunity at the ASWF championship, as long as Mark Wolf is the champion.
3: Absolutely. I mean, he, you know, Mark Wolf having to put the title on the line, that's one, that's a huge stake. But, I mean, even steve it doesn't matter what happens. He can never, as long as Mark Wolf is champion, he'll never be able to face him should he lose this match, which means uh, any opportunity for that title to go in. I mean, Steve-O can't be involved with it. And, I mean, if I remember correctly... Wasn't there a contract signing for that as well at the office this past week? I mean, uh, I've seen both Steve-O and Mark Wolf there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There was a contract signing inside of the offices of uh, Joey Britt. He brought both principals in, and, you know, they hammered out the details. And, you know, there was a lot of demands from Mark Wolf. Mark Wolf demanded that Steve-O's clause about never getting another title shot As long as Mark Wolf's the champion, he demanded that be in the contract before he, you know, he is very, this is the thing about uh, Mark Wolf. He is very, very apprehensive. He said he should not have to, he's not an animal. He should not have to defend the ASWF championship inside of a, you know, a cage. He said he feels like he'd be a caged animal. You know he's very apprehensive of stepping inside of a cage.
3: Well, I mean, you know what they say: you shouldn't, you shouldn't trap, or you shouldn't even get involved uh, with an with a caged animal because there's no telling how it'll react. And I mean, the thing about being a caged animal is your main focus is getting out. And I mean, in this situation. You know, we know Steve-O, as calm as he's been, behind closed doors, he has been seething through his teeth to get an opportunity to face Mark Wolf, And it just so happened was he picked the right time to do so, in my opinion. And, I mean, as I said, both men are putting something on the line here. I mean, yes, it is the world title we're talking about. But at the same time, Stevo's putting his chances to ever get a shot at that title on the line again and I mean hey some people call ASWF the land of opportunity so I mean you know he is sitting there pretty much risking it's almost like he's risking his career on the line for it but not quite you know you know what I mean I mean you know, with with these championship wins, there comes endorsements, there comes bonuses and such. And, I mean, Steve-O's putting all that on the line just so he can face Mark Wolf for that ASWF World Championship. And if that doesn't display confidence, then I don't know what does.
1: Well, and, you know, in speaking with Steve-O, he's very adamant. He said he knows what he did wrong. He said he made one mistake July 28th at Five for Freedom. He said he made one mistake, and he makes no qualms about it. He said it's his fault. He said he made one mistake. Mark Wolf capitalized on it as any great champion would, and he wasn't able to walk out of the ring the champion that night. But he said he's fixed that hole in his game, and he's ready to take Mark Wolf out. Come October 20th, he said he will be the man, whether it be by pinfall by submission or escape in the cage, he said he will walk out of the Valiant Arena october twentieth and he will end Halloween resurrection as your new ASWF champion.
3: And I mean with that with that confidence being said, let's just hope uh let's just hope he's a man of his word and uh and does guarantee that victory because I mean Could you imagine what would happen in the Valiant Arena should Steve-O walk out as the ASWF World Heavyweight Champion? Come on. That guy's music hits. The fans are lining all around the guardrail just to even say hello to Steve-O. To get a, a handshake or a five. I mean, if he wins it, that place is going to erupt.
1: Oh, the place is going to go banana, and I mean, I've already ha- talked with the owner and you know of the ASWF, and I said, hey, we might want to reinforce this roof because should Steve-O become the ASWF champion, I can guarantee you that roof will come off of the Valiant Arena on October twentieth.
3: Oh, absolutely, man! It'll it'll be great. It'll be a momentous moment. In the history of ASWF. And I mean, mean, make no mistake, make no mistake, a win is a win. But I mean, the world title, the top prize in any company, man, that's just going to make that crowd erupt so much more.
1: Well, and you know, that's exactly what Mark Wolf was uh, speaking to Joey Brett about while he was signing the contract. He said, this is the richest prize in professional wrestling. It is the ASWF championship, the oldest professional wrestling championship in the state of Arkansas with the most prestige. And he said, it should not be defended inside of a cage. Where, you know, animals are locked up. You know, he said it's just basically disrespecting the title. How do you feel about that? I mean, I definitely, you know, can't see his point very much on that. You know, it, th- that's what this is what we've come to. We've come to the fact that these two individuals need to be locked inside of a cage. No outside interference, no excuses. There must be a winner.
3: Well, I mean, you know, I can see his point, but to an extent, uh, matches like cage matches. I mean, it's a it's a high stakes match. In general, the fact the top prize is on the line makes it even that much more. And you also have to think of it like this: to win is to survive. And I know we've said that a lot tonight, but to win is to survive. So to win that title just goes to show what you would do to become the top guy, the guy for ASWF.
1: Absolutely, and you know both of these men, they're alpha. you know, they're alpha males. They want they have a physical need I mean Mark Wolf has stated on multiple occasions he is nothing without that ASWF. That's how much it means to him. And like I it's gotten to the point, you know, he's been the champion since the anniversary show. It's gotten to the point where you really are getting you you can't think about Mark Wolf without the ASWF championship and you can't think about the ASWF championship without Mark Wolf.
3: absolutely i mean he's had it what about 7 months now 6 7 months i mean you know when you get you grow accustomed to seeing seeing the same person holding the title belt for a long time that that it becomes a part of you and one of the things that we need to keep our eye on is i mean mark wolf he's he's always found a way to defend that title Come hell or high water, and I mean, you know, but the question is, does he have a way? Does he have a game plan going into this match to keep his world title around his waist? And as I said before, go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, one thing I want to mention here is the fact that, you know, a lot of people have this thought that Mark Wolf is almost this unbeatable guy. But they really got a short memory. It wasn't too long ago when Mike Anthony defeated Mark Wolf in short order. And had it not been for Mr. 99%, coming out and reversing the decision as Mike Anthony was not a, under contract at the time, The prominence of dominance would be the ASWF champion and stepping inside of this steel cage on October 20th.
3: Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, for all we know, you know, the thing about, at least that I know of, uh, every champion has a rematch clause. I mean, for all we know, we could have seen a triple threat in a cage match but then again, you know the prominence of dominance had his chance against Mark Wolf again for that a s w f title, and Mark wolf somehow defeated the uh defeated his losing streak streak against the prominence of dominance,
1: yes, absolutely I mean that's something that you gotta take. Mark Wolf does not take losses lightly. And in revenge matches, Mark Wolf does not lose. So, once again, interesting developments coming into this uh, one week from Saturday in ASWF Halloween resurrection. But now it's time for everybody's favorite top part of ASWF Aftermath. We're going to go ahead and bring on ASWF's resident superfan, Alex. Alex, are you with us? Oh. Hello. Hello, Alan.
4: I took his phone. It's so good. Trying to eat my pig, my damn cow, because I wouldn't care it. I've been drinking. Uh, and, uh, uh. What are you doing? Give me my phone, you idiot. Stop Give me my phone. back. Sorry about that. That was what it was. He has been drinking again. Go home, you idiot. Dumb redneck. How are you tonight?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How about you, Alec?
4: Oh, I am doing better now. I sent him home. I saw his cow of a wife outside, and I told her, come get him. And then he took my phone just as you you tried to. And I I don't know if you could even understand what he was saying, because he slurs so much when he drinks. And he tried to kick my pig again, so I kicked him in the butt.
3: Yeah, it was kind of hard
1: to understand them.
3: That and you should never touch another man's pig.
1: No, you
4: do not mess with the pig. That is just rude. It is very rude. But it's okay. We are not here to talk about pigs and neighbors and rednecks and whatnot. We are here to talk about ASWF. And I apologize. I did not be able to get show earlier. But I am here now. You know, I am an important part of this show.
1: Absolutely. You are definitely a fan favorite here on Aftermath. But, Alex, I do want to ask you one thing right off the gate. You have kind of mentioned you live in a secluded location. Is Mr. 99% – did the Suicide King and the Psychotic Savior bring him out to where you stay? Like, we're trying to locate this guy. We're oh, following no, up on no, everything.
4: No, no. no, I am not that ignorant. That would be just stupid to let them come on my property. I would take rock and hit them in the head if they do that. That is just no, no, no. I would have nightmares for for weeks. That is just ridiculous. And plus there is not enough room in my house for for them to store
3: that big sasquatch. <laughs> well, I mean I mean, Alex, what are what are what are your thoughts on everything going on right now? I mean you know are you, uh what are your thoughts on the actual capture of bad brab
4: oh that was that was insane. I mean, let's go out you you hear laughing, you you see all of the bad guys laying down and he is on his knees with bag over his head, and then they just laugh at him and kick him in the face. That was hilarious though, but i mean it, it's is scary situation. When you have you know the 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 crazy guy uh cataclysm the 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 psycho guy uh Ray, Ray and then the other guy d mike I mean that is weird combination there, but that is combination that will probably hurt somebody or completely ridiculous you know I mean it is just insane to think about i mean uh, i just i I don't even know how to say.
1: Well, Alex, I know you were able to catch the live video last night because you uh, sent me a message on Facebook afterwards. Tell me, what are your thoughts about this penitentiary of pain match and the rules?
4: Oh, my goodness. Someone is going to get hurt. Bottom line, this will be a bloody mess. I mean, you know, cage, weapons big crazy guys and small crazy guys, and then a flippy guy. Uh, yes, I, I am talking about D. Michael. That is, That kid is just insane. It is ridiculous. But anyway, I mean, when you get that group of guys together, and they are locked inside the cage thingy with a bunch of stuff hanging from it, I mean, it's unreal what could happen. I mean, someone could lose their, I mean, their career could be over with because of this match. I, I just,
3: oh, yeah. Oh, I don't. definitely.
1: We mentioned earlier, Alex, that, you know, it's like literally walking into hell on earth when you step inside of that penitentiary of pain. And let's be honest here. If you're one of the first individuals, you've got to wait for all of the other four combatants to get inside of the ring before the match even begins and the cage doors locked. You have got to sur- oh, try to yeah. survive that uh, whole lot that whole length.
4: Well, it is, could be a good thing or a bad thing. You could get advantage and 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 wear down the other guy. To and depends on how they come out. You know, you could start. You know, have the deadly dale, and 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 the the out there, and then the next person to come out could be just cross. That is two-on-one advantage for for the Brad's team. You know, they mm-hmm. could take almost take Ray Ray out of the equation by doing this. But then on the other hand, it could be this other way around. You'll start off with the Cataclysm and Shane and say that D-Mike is the next one in. It is two-on-one advantage there with little bitty Shane, the little 12-year-old. But, you know, and, and it could definitely be an, a, a, a distinct... I said think right. Distinct advantage for the one team or the other.
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned D Mike because in listening to a lot of fans and speaking with a lot of fans since this match was announced, and you know we did the card reveal last night as well, a lot of the fans tend to think that D Mike is almost like an Achilles heel because he isn't able to kick it into that so called psychotic gear. You know, he's not able to kick it into that gear where he is just completely, he doesn't care about his own health or the person he's going against health. And, you know, the way he's reacted to, uh, you know, some of the stuff that the psychotic savior and the Suicide King have done, a lot of people worry about D-Mike.
4: No, no. I completely disagree. Here is how I see. Is once you get him inside of that cage and the door is shut, that the, ins- the survival instincts will kick in and he will do whatever it takes to survive. When, you are- when your survival instincts kick in, that is when you go to that next place, that, that otherworldly place, that next step up, you know, that psychotic spot. See, this is the thing with guys like uh, Just Cross, Deadly Deadly, Cataclysm, Rere. They, the survival instincts are kicked in at all times. That is why they are so, so vicious with what they do. But once that door is closed, I see the instincts kicking in to D-Mike, and he will do whatever it takes. To survive that
3: structure,
1: I wouldn't disagree, Cody. Do you have anything on that?
3: No, no. I mean, uh, you know, we we mentioned earlier that Mark Wolf being in a ca- or talking about being in a cage is like being a caged animal. And I mean, you you put anybody in that situation, e- even somebody like D Mike. I mean, that animalistic instinct is bound to come out. Sometime, I mean, if not at the start, then surely the end of it when uh, you can just when everybody competitors in there and you can just go swinging with anything uh, you can get your hands on in there.
1: And don't forget, Cataclysm's favorite weapon is going to be hanging from the ceiling right in the middle of the Penitentiary of Pain, that baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. So I mean, it's kind of oh, apropos you mentioned swinging because somebody's going to get hurt. You know, I mentioned lives are going to be altered and careers could be ended on October 20th when that cage door locks and the penitentiary of pain begins.
4: Oh, it's it's going to be insane.
3: Well, and the thing about it is, and the thing about it is, I mean, with that baseball bat, uh, hanging up above Whoever grabs that Hey They've got the advantage To bring the blood Out of anybody Especially using The thing that goes Poke well, And I uh, figure
4: That it would Probably be uh, The Dale Or the Cataclysm Or even Cross Because the other guys Are too short To reach it <laughs> That is funny
3: Well I mean Absolutely But I mean You know, we we have, it is pro wrestling, so I mean, all we know, hey, if they've got Deadly Dale and Cataclysm are down, who's to say Josh Cross and Insane Shane won't hold each other up on one another's shoulders just to grab that bat down? I mean, anything can happen. I don't don't believe it would be Cross holding up Shane, because I don't think Shane is strong enough to hold
4: up Cross. That is a big guy. (laughs) That is funny. Yes.
3: That well, that is uh, go ahead, Michael.
1: Well, Alex, that's not the only matchup we've got on the card coming up at Halloween Resurrection. How about the uh news that broke Saturday night? Steve going to put up his uh fight for freedom or excuse me, rumble for freedom victory and his number one contendership in the steel cage against Mark Wolf. And you know Cody hit on it a moment ago. Mark Wolf in dealing with uh, Commissioner Britt, signing the contract this week, he said this is not right. He does not – the this disrespects the title, and he does not feel like as the ASWF champion he should have to step in and defend the ASWF championship inside of a steel cage.
4: Oh, my goodness. I heard this is an old lady once that – made this statement, and I hope I say it correctly. Cry me a river, build me a bridge, and get over it. I think he's right, because all he is doing is crying and moaning and whining, and how is it disrespectful to defend a title? Show that you're a man, not a little coward. But here's the thing. These are two big Brahma bull guys. I mean, big, massive dudes inside of that cage. I, they are going to rip each other apart because Wolf cannot run. He cannot get counted out. He has to actually get in there and fight for once. And I believe Steve will take advantage of that, and Steve will walk out with heavyweight title. Uh,
3: Alex, That's that is a very way. good point you uh, uh, that you brought up is uh, – the thing is, is in any regular match, just a normal match, there's this thing called champion's advantage, where if you get disqualified or counted out, unless there's a stipulation that says otherwise, you are still champion at the end of the night. And in, in this match, the cha- I am champion. I want be champion. This is amazing. When will I get built now? Do I get well, to put to this
4: on walls?
3: Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, hey. Come, come you to the a s w f training Academy, I was, I was joking. You
4: jerk. Do not patronize me. Shut your mouth, but then hand, you talk
0: <laughs>
1: Well, I mean you it, Cody's right. You did make a good point about the fact that Mark Wolf cannot use any sort of championship advantage to retain the title come October twentieth that title that championship advantage is almost null and void. Uh, you know, there must be a winner, and it must be by either pinfall, submission, or escaping the cage. And, you know, once that cage door is locked, it's another situation. Just like you said, the survival instincts must kick in for Mark Wolf. No more crying about having to defend the title in the cage, none of that. And, you know, Mark Wolf when he's his back's up against the wall, you've got to say, the man's been pretty impressive, and his record speaks for itself.
4: Oh, by the way, Cody, to talk about your talking about the training academy, I went there once. I did my my free session, and I was going to continue. But then I looked over, and I seen the rare and the cataclysm peeking around the corner looking at me. And I was like, uh, I don't want to be on this side of the guardrail. I will go back into the bleachers
3: like a good boy. So, no, that is where I stand. So, thank you. Well, I mean, those are v- two very intimidating individuals, and they are two individuals that make you want to be on the other side of that guardrail and, and in the bleachers. That is a very good point you made there, Alex.
4: You just said that like you are a robot or something. That is a very good point you made. You want to be blah, 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 blah. What is wrong with you? I don't like you anymore. I don't like banana Whoa. hands. What is wrong with this place?
2: Uh, my Michael bad? gave me is a strip bad... to
4: stick for. Did you find bad Brad yet? He at least he at least ha- can ha- ha- handle good conversation and talk smack back and forth. What is bad Brad? Have you not found him?
3: Uh, no, I but apparently where brand. he's at, he's, he's safe and sound, and uh, he's being shown the way.
4: Oh, yes, I am sure he is safe and sound. I saw the video with the with the Derere the laughing and giggling and Cataclysm sticking something in his leg. and Yeah, I saw what was going on. No, he is not doing okay. That is dumb.
3: Well, I mean, you know, it's like they say, it'll feel better when it quits hurting.
1: If it quits hurting, that's the thing. That's the thing, if it quits hurting. But, you know, we're kind of running short on time. I do want to get to uh, everything else that happened with you, Alex. How about this? The casket match that uh, the other foot that dropped, so to speak, at the end of the main event, the casket match, now being ordered by the ASWF board of directors between the main event, Curtis Dawn, and the Mistress of Mayhem. You know, you heard Curtis multiple times Saturday during that main event tells Asa she's just a figment of her own imagination. What do you make of that? Do you think that's trying to get in Asa's head or trying to psych him on, his own self up to believe that he can defeat the Mistress of Ahim?
4: Oh, I know for a fact he is in, in his mind he is the greatest wrestler to ever step in the ring. In his mind. On the other hand though, he, he more than likely has doubts, fears, because he has seen what she has gone through to be able to hold that title, not once, but twice now. But here is the thing, Don, the main event guy, maybe one day he will live up to his name. But as of right now, he is, is, is in his own mind... In his own head he he is is overwhelmed with the possibility of losing not only to to a a unnerving type of person but a woman at that because most people take for granted that yes, she is woman, but yes, she is bad i was I almost said bad words. She is really good at what she does. She is vicious and powerful. But, I do not believe that he is underestimating her, though. I may have contradicted myself a little bit, but I don't believe he is. But I I will tell you one thing. When he stuck her in that casket and was standing there, and that casket opened back up and she sat up, I had to go buy new underwear. That scared the crap out of me. So, it's toss-up to me on which way to go, but I believe the Curtis Dawn will will be the one that wins the title.
3: Are you still there? Uh, yeah, I, hey, Alex, no, I can't argue there. I mean... Everybody everybody in this match, you know, the two competitors involved, I mean, you've got a bad broad, and then you've got a main event, and uh, I mean, even just what we've seen has been sheer brutality between those two, will she be able to get, I guess what you would say, sort of a payback on the main event Curtis Don in this match? is good possibility but
4: there is no telling what will happen i mean i i don't know where to go with that that question i i really don't know because in this line of stuff is uh is crazy thing to do i mean and no matter what you do there is always someone gunning for you
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, I do have a, you know, a late addition here to ASWF aftermath calling in a little bit late, but, you know, never late when you're this great, I guess, is one thing that you could say about this gentleman, the man who says he can do it all by himself, but also the man who is now being forced to find a tag team partner for Halloween resurrection to defend the ASWF tag team titles. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest Jim. Hey, the hey, man, hey
3: Mr. Michael, Max Michael, Tom. Michael. Michael Michael before before you go any further remember what he said you introduce him as the greatest gem known to man the element of perfection max stone
2: Boy, Cody you know exactly what to say don't you Cody you get different well, every time i get on the phone but i'm sorry i'm late to the party i i've been out working you know late nights how are you gentlemen doing today?
3: Hey, well, I, the I am I'm doing. doing. No. Well,
4: let's talk at one time.
2: Alex, is that you?
4: Oh, yes, it is me, Mr. Mister Stone Guy.
2: Oh, well, it's, it's nice to hear you again, Alex. I didn't see you at the last show. but was wrong? Like, you, you couldn't show up. No, I was there. I just... I do
4: not let people know I am there, because I, I am scared that I would sign more autographs than most of the guys that are there. <laughs> that was funny. Okay,
2: okay. I, I, I understand. I get that. So did you see me retain those titles, Alex?
4: I saw you You, you do a cheap win, but uh, I am no one to
2: judge. Cheap win, Alex. A win is a win, Alex. Come on, a win is a win. Who oh, but the titles? you have
4: to... You have to have a little bit of honor to be able to to claim I am the best.
2: Honor? What's honor? I got the gold. I don't need honor.
4: Oh, my goodness. I I like you, Mr. Stone, but your arrogance will be your downfall.
2: Well, if I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall hard, Alex. Because Stone is hard, but it's hard to crack. So if I fall, I'll just build myself back up. Even better than I am now, but I, I well, cracked a stone the other day with a with a
4: shovel and a pick. It broke pretty easily. I, I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. I apologize.
2: That's a different that's a different stone. But I, I get what you're saying. But I'm not that, that same type of stone to crumble with that shovel and the pick.
1: Well, Max, one thing I want to I want to ask you something, because you kind of seem to almost be beside yourself when you came to the ASWF offices this week and signed your contract for Halloween Resurrection, and the co-commissioner, Joey Britt, informed you that the board of directors is forcing you to find a tag team partner for Halloween Resurrection. You did not seem too thrilled about that. Uh, Have you started the search, and, you know, is there a short list? What's going on with
2: that? I appreciate your question. But that's the first question i ever been asked on this podcast. And I appreciate you actually asking me a question like an interview supposed to go. Let me answer that question. I wasn't too pleased because I can do this by myself, as you know this. But as for me, going out looking for a partner, I don't have to look. I know exactly where to go, whether it's day or night. It's just like yin and yang.
1: definitely supremely confident you know i definitely have to commend you you and the infamous one's mutual parting of ways has went off without a hitch so you know definitely wish you nothing but the best of luck coming up at halloween resurrection as you defend the tag team titles again against the vincent brothers the vincent brothers seem like they've kind of been this thing that you got you just can't get rid of since you become tag team champions or since you've become tag team champions, do you believe that this may be your ultimate undoing? Because, you know, it's hard to beat somebody once. It's hard to beat them twice. But it's, people say it's almost impossible to beat them a third time because they know you're in and out. Okay,
3: so
2: first of all, the word impossible, if you, if you separate that, that is impossible. So that that you just said is that it doesn't even matter. The Vincent, they are a good team. They, they are good. They're brothers. They're linked together. They're, they're, they're good. But they're no Max Stone. I could do this alone. But I will find a partner. I will find one and meet my partner. We, we do this the right way, as a team. But in the end, I can still do this. On my own. I can be the Vincents 201 if that was the matter. But it's it's okay. I know your show is wrapping up, so I'm going to wrap your show up for you. This has been the greatest GM known to man, Max Stone, signing off to ASWF Podcast. I hope you come out to Halloween Resurrection, October 20th. Bring your family out. Bring your friends. Bring everyone to come see the show because this is a show you're not going to want to miss. Cody, Michael, enjoy your night. Alex, if you still there.
4: Yes, I'll see I am. See you later. You have a good night, Mr. Stone Guy. You sleep well. You're going to need it. Ha 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 ha.
3: Yes, thank you, Max Stone, for coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from the greatest gem known to man, Max Stone. It will not be a show you want to miss. Next Saturday, two oh one, Highway three hundred sixty seven, North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. The card oh, the deck is gonna be stacked. I mean we have a we have a tag team championship match. We have the the uh the golden ticket battle royal. We have a steel cage match, and I wouldn't. I don't know if you would say most importantly, but we do have a match, a uh, worthy of uh, mention, and that is the penitentiary of pain match. And this is for forget, all the marbles, ladies and gentlemen.
4: Do not forget about the house of horrors match.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead, House Michael. The House of
1: Horrors match. The House of Horrors match going to take place uh, at Halloween Resurrection between Flex Caliber and the Unhinged Will Cage. That thing going to be a bar burner once again. Like I explained it this uh, last night at the Carter reveal. If you've never seen one of these things, there's going to be four pumpkins on each side of the uh, ring going to be surrounded in these uh, pumpkins, and in each pumpkin will be, you know, trick-or-treat style, there will be weapons involved, and you get to use those weapons however you see fit. So that thing, you know, the Minai experts at inflicting pain upon individuals, Flex Caliber, you know, may have signed his own death warrant in this case.
3: Would be very yeah, Absolutely, cool. absolutely. But you, you cannot discount him. I mean, he is a good striker, very ra- well rounded, as is the unhinged Will Cage. And I mean, as you said, this trick or treat style match. I mean, it can either help or hurt you. And just remember, whatever you pull out of that, whatever you pull out of that pumpkin. It also can be used on you as well. Yes, absolutely.
1: But like Cody said, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to come out 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. It's Halloween Resurrection. And also, don't forget, come in your costumes and join the costume contest. There will be a prize to be named at a later time, and we'll keep you completely abreast. Stay tuned to the Facebook page of ASWF as well as my Facebook page and Twitter. Nine's Facebook page, and we'll keep you updated with all the latest Halloween Resurrection news. But ladies and gentlemen, also don't forget, starting Sunday, we will be live at 7 p.m. every night heading into Halloween Resurrection, except for Thursday, of course. We have ASWF Aftermath getting you ready for every match and breaking down every match on Facebook Live over at the ASWF Facebook page, and we will give away free tickets Sunday, Wednesday. And next Thursday Now the special set of tickets next Thursday Is going to include $10 free to the Smackdown Smack Bar Located right there in the Valiant Arena But ladies and gentlemen For Cody, for Alex, and for myself Good night everybody We'll see you at ASWF Halloween
3: Resurrection
1: Goodbye It's going to be
3: great Goodbye